episode of Two Girls and a Few Thoughts. So we back at it. We are back at it. You are sitting in my couch. What is going on? What's up? You know, it's Saturday. Running around, did a lot of errands, stuff like that. What did you do? Just lay around? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I would have liked to lay around. Everyone knows I love a good nap. But I actually got my nails done today. I'm wearing some fresh pink nails. That's Feeling cute. the summertime. It's not summer yet, but it's coming. You you are like manifesting summer. Yes. You know what I like to call it? What you call Whenever it? Whenever spring is coming, bringing the spring. Do you remember bringing when I say this? Bringing the spring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like to think sometimes that, I don't know, maybe there are weather gods that are listening. There's not. How do you know? Because there's a weather machine. <laughs> Listen, that whole weather situation is yep. confusing. Yes, uh, that's indeed. A, that needs to be a whole episode by itself. I agree. Yeah, but Very definitely sure. way, way different. So you got your nails done? That's I cute. nails done. I'm feeling good. Yeah, it's always nice when you get dressed up. Feeling cute again. It's cute. You know, maybe I might go on a date. Who knows? Right. The, you know, the world is open again. The outsides are open. Mostly open. Mostly open. Yeah. I think people are starting to feel more comfortable about going out and going to restaurants and just kind of getting back to normal. Yeah. Normalcy is needed. It's like I'm I'm craving it. I mean, you know, like for the last year I've been working from home like everybody else, but as much as I love my lounge clothes, like I miss like wearing my other clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like I miss my clothes yeah for like sure. they don't get worn enough and they mm-hmm. should they deserve to i bought like all these cute stuff and i went nowhere well you could kind of wear them in your house but you're also in a relationship so you can wear them on a date like a date to the park i don't know hey the parks are not the place that i want to be right now because you know what is this March? Yeah, I'm not trying to be outside in nobody's park right now. It was 60 degrees today. This was a park day. Uh-uh, it was not 60 degrees. It was definitely more like 50 degrees. Like Okay, fine. Yeah, it, it was, was like definitely more like 50. I completely underestimated the weather because I did not even wear like a scarf or anything. Mm-hmm. Terrible decisions were made. That, that's all I'm saying. But yeah. You're yeah. normally better than this. I normally am. Like I just did not see that coming. Oh, or I did because I checked. Yeah. But then I somehow felt like it would be warmer. Like when I looked out the window, I was like, I get warm vibes. Mm-hmm. I asked Google like, what was the temperature? She said it was fifty, and I believed that it was a warmer fifty than the fifty that I dealt with when I got outside. Well, maybe if you had tapped into your weather gods, you would have had better weather. I don't know maybe, what to tell you. Maybe, maybe. So, yeah. What up, though? What's happening? You know, not much. Like, as you mentioned, like, this whole being in a relationship thing, right? Um, It's kind of been interesting this last year because, well, as you would remember, like, I knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I kept saying that I was going to be in a relationship, like, in 2020. Yeah. Of course, I envisioned a very different 2020, mm-hmm. um, but I just felt as though like it was going to happen. Um, and then I I met him, Anthony, mm-hmm. um, and it's been great. Like it's been it's been a beautiful time. 
I realized that in my 30s, you move about things very differently in a relationship. I feel very differently. Mm-hmm. And when I reflect on exactly what those different feelings are, it's a matter it's a matter of feeling stable, mm-hmm. feeling secure. Um, and that really being one of the biggest aspects of like how we love and the way that we love mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of conversation around how the pandemic pushed some relationships along and kind of created that space where you had to spend a lot of time together. You had to get into a lot of those deep conversations and those deep moments to get to a place where suddenly you're in this super serious relationship. Um, But it kind of had to happen that way because there were no options to just be frivolous with your time. Right. Right. I'm like really processing that because I mean, on the one hand, like there were many relationships that were pushed in a positive direction. Mm -hmm. And then of course you have the flip side of it where there are so many relationships that were pushed in the other direction. Um, I'm in the former category, fortunately. Mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, you know that I have always felt as though I want to have friendship in my relationships, right? Like that has always been incredibly important to me. Um, that is like my ideal partnership. I want to be able to like talk to my guy about anything and everything. Um, it's essential. Like my boyfriend, my partner, Anthony is one of my safe spaces. And it's very much because at the core of it, like, you know, outside of our love and our lust and all these other stuff, like we really are friends. Like not only do I like him, I love him. Mm-hmm. So then that just changes the whole the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, for so many years, you used to talk about this partnership in a relationship and yeah. wanting to feel like someone's on the same team as Absolutely. you. And uh, I used to think about that because, you know, in my past relationships, it's like, yeah, we're cool and we really lust after each other but there wasn't a real presence of a friendship mm-hmm. um, today in my relationship I do feel like I have a friendship like I do really feel like I fuck Aww, with my partner that's cute um, and I think that's what a stable relationship looks like right yeah. like when you really feel like this person is your friend you know they're gonna have your back you know that there's a balance between us in a relationship, but then also your sense of individuality and how that impacts the relationship. Right. So um, I think that balance creates the stability for a strong relationship. For sure. When you said that, just now, like the first thing that I was thinking about is the fact that when you're younger, you kind of like don't think about stability as a sexy word. Mm-hmm. It's like these other stuff, right? You want to feel like deeply attracted to them. You want to feel like it's super passionate, like a lot of feelings of desire, yes. which is great. And those are all like really good things to have. But now in my 30s, I feel like this feeling of like safety and stability, it it nurtures me in another way and it feeds my soul in another way. 
And specifically, I feel as though I have the freedom to focus on myself and not feel like it's taking away from the time that I give to my partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like worried about how many times is he texting me? How many times is he calling me? And you really do feel like you can be your own person. There's a sense of also interdependency, but you don't feel like you're having to do the same. You don't feel like you're having to chase. Yes. Like when you're in your your 20s. And I am so happy to not be doing that because ain't nobody got time. But here's what I would posit into this conversation, right? Like, yeah. is it that the stability and security is evidence of the absence of lust and fire and passion? I feel like I just said, you know, but I know you had to ask that because you're you. Yeah. Um, but I think that it is in addition to. I mean, we're both sexual beings. Mm-hmm. We're both sex positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into all of that. Like, sex I sex positive. Sex positive. <laughs> um, we're both people who enjoy like the physicalness of an attraction. Yes. But like, we're also people that need like other things. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you could be super cute all day, but then what are you doing for my mind? How can you move my spirit and my soul? Um, so the the stability and the security is an addition to those other physical things and it makes it even better it should mm-hmm. be in conjunction with yeah I mean I totally get what you're saying right? like how like, can you even what are you gonna say so I get it right like you feel stable in your relationship and it's important to have the friendship and all of those things totally yes. makes sense however you're in a relationship it's not a friendship so yes. there should be a significant part of the relationship well let me delete the word should there has to be um a significant part of the relationship that is lust filled that is passion filled that is i want you yes in this moment so i think sometimes when we only think about well i'm so stable and i actually don't need all these phone calls and i don't need all these text messages Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. you kind of lose some of that connection and with it some of the fire Right. Well, I guess the caveat here that we need to plug right now is everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Balance is everything. Mm-hmm. Of course, you already know this. These are my mantras, right? Like, yes. I have to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, when I set up the bit about, like, the frequency of the texting and the calling, mm-hmm. I was specifically speaking about the early stages of dating when I was, you know, seeing whomever it is. I don't know these men's names, <laughs> but <laughs> I do not remember their names. But I felt as though... Like, I was making inferences or judgments about their levels of interest based on the frequency of their interaction. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes you can feel like it is an indicator of interest, but there were times that I felt like that was so distracting. It's like, oh my God, is he texting me back? Is he calling me? Is Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And now... Because I have a more well-rounded relationship and I have a healthier relationship, it is just nice to not have to feel like I have angst about that, right? Like, I'm much more focused on, you know, nurturing our communication, um, our 
in terms of our love languages mm -hmm. is he understanding how i express that do i yeah. understand how he expresses how he expresses that what's our conflict language yeah. uh, with anthony and i we are both people who are really into conflict but we approach it very different ways mm -hmm. um so really being focused on those aspects of our relationship and just growing those things and and the stability and the security like i actually feel like it's very like the depth of the feeling of love that i have when i think about it now like whereas my i don't know whereas my 26 year old self would not immediately think of that as being a very sexy thing um now i do understand the tremendous amount of love and desire and it and i mean it is sexy yeah. it is sexy to be loved in a healthy way you know i always love that you just sound like such a well-adjusted normal person <laughs> am i not i love it right right I, it's definitely something i aspire to but i think what happens in real life in real life. When you're not a super well-adjusted normal person is that you come into a relationship with some level of insecurity, right? Whether it's about, this is this relationship going to get stale? Like, do I feel so stable that it now feels stale? And is he going to go looking for some excitement elsewhere? Or is it truly stable? Like, what does stability actually look like for me? And is that different for you? Like, am I the type of person that needs to have fights every day for it to feel stable? Mm -hmm. Or am I the person that's like, nope, no fights at all. Right. And I'm good with that. And that feels stable to me. Yes. What is it? Because perhaps from my past relationships, this is what stability looked like. For so sure. is it actually stable now? Like, yeah. what, is, what does that actually mean to me in right. this relationship? Yeah. I mean, the very first thing, just immediately responding to what you're saying and what I'm feeling is that the word that I think of uh, is independence and interdependence mm -hmm. and freedom to focus. Like those are good signs to me of stability and mm -hmm. security. Um, I also feel like our ability to fight productively mm -hmm. and recover from them in a productive manner gives me a sense of knowing and gives me a sense of feeling stable mm -hmm. and just feeling heard feeling understood feeling like this person is prioritizing me mm -hmm. not at the detriment to themselves but it's 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 a healthy amount of focus yeah what, what for you are some of the words or themes that jump out when you think about you know being in a relationship you know being the weirdo that you are when i think about being <laughs> in a stable relationship i do think about balance i do think about that balance between uh, us as an entity and uh, us as individuals i think that's important i think it's important that we individually have our own lives because i think that keeps the interest and i think it keeps the ability to share different experiences with each other. Mm -hmm. But then when it's an us as an entity, we should be having, I'm using shit a You're, lot what today. Is up with and that? it's not even a part of my language. Uh, language. What's I happening? know. Anywho, so we'll talk about that later. Yes. So 
I think it's important for us as an entity to be able to have new experiences together, to be able to learn new things together so that we can continue to grow. So I think those two things are important. Absolutely. When I think about stability. Mm -hmm. But then I also think about, do we actually have each other's backs? Right. Like, do I feel 100% that this person that I'm in a relationship with, do they know that I have their back? And do I feel that, that they have my back? And I think that helps with feeling like that person is on your team and it stabilizes all those insecurities that you might have come into the relationship right, with. Right, right. When you said that whole thing about like feeling like someone has your back, I was like, what is the catch-all phrase for that? And for a moment, it was eluding me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the word here that we're getting at is trust. Did you say trust. that explicitly? I did not say that <laughs> explicitly. But that is like what it is, right? Yes. Um, And when I thought about it, right, the next phrase afterwards and the next thought that I had was obviously Brene Brown's Anatomy of Trust. Mm-hmm. Remember when we listened to her podcast and it was by far the one of the most incredible definitions of trust that we have encountered? I don't remember the definition but I remember the example about the marbles and I thought the marbles was profound. Yeah. When she talked about being able to earn more marbles with the little things that you do every day and the those little instances that help you to feel more connected and more like this person has your back. But yeah. then when they do a thing that is hurtful or outside of your trust language, then you right. can take away the marbles. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Right. I mean, trust is something that expands or decreases right mm-hmm. but it is definitely something that is fillable um it just really has to be like managed in the right way i love how you always remember the marbles yeah and you know my approach to it is that as i listen to the podcast i took notes of course you did of course i did because i <laughs> love notes like how else am i gonna remember oh, and i just remember um going over it and i and i have gone back to this episode like time after time because it is just so good. And I'm gonna obviously now go to my notes so that we can all be aware oh of what we're gosh, talking about. So many notes. So many notes. So the acronym that she used, which she describes as the anatomy of trust, is braving. Yes. Now it's coming back to you. Yes. So B is for boundaries. Mm-hmm. R is for reliability. A is for accountability, your favorite word. Yes. V is for vault. We love that. We love vault. (laughs) I is for integrity. N is for Mm non-judgment. And G is for generosity. Yes. And as I listen to like her go through each letter and describing the anatomy of trust, I was like, oh my God, Brene, you have captured the absolute essence of this thing. Like it feels actionable. Like she's she's literally hit every note again. Yeah. Right? Like when you think about the process of trusting a person, being trusted, each of these things are important. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, I remember this episode I and I remember thinking how cool it was 
that she kind of created this whole breathing yeah like system of kind of remembering how to create trust right i think the biggest things when i think about relationships and stability is really having a really clear understanding of boundaries love that right it's my so new favorite thing in important. my 30s um and the, the accountability piece of course like we have to be accountable to our actions we have to be accountable to the world that we create for ourselves i think that's super super important yeah so i think those two pieces really resonate with me the mm-hmm. most yeah i really enjoyed the r which was reliability mm-hmm. you do what you say you're going to do repeatedly yes so huge huge I mean, I also think about it like, it makes me think of um, being reciprocal. Like I know that it's not really something that is gleaned from this, but in my mind, the way that I see it is that if someone continues to do what they say they're gonna do, and then it can be reciprocated, right? Because then you can trust that I'm gonna do it and then I can give more and so on and so forth. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing obviously that I really appreciated was V for Vault. Mm-hmm. And it just means what I share with you, you will hold in confidence. What you share with me, I will hold in confidence. Confidentiality must be acknowledged all around. Yeah. And it's so important. And I mean, and a vault is, you know, obviously like it's a safe space. You feel like there is this humongous, I don't know, door and there's depth and there's a lot of space for safety. Yeah. When I think about literally evolved, that's what it makes me think of. Yeah. I guess when we continue to think about stability yeah. in a relationship, and that could be platonic, familiar relationships, love yeah. relationships, but what are the things that would destabilize that? I mean, the, the, the very first one that I could think of, I would say is... Um, someone not doing what they say they're going to do or their actions not matching their words someone being incongruent for sure i also find that when people are not explicit and or let me say when they're not open and explicit and sharing and being transparent mm-hmm. um it also creates friction yeah friction in the sense that i am continuously having to like figure out where you're coming from, what you mean, which I don't mind doing. Mm-hmm. However, it's like important for you to be able, you being a general you, to be able to tell me like how you're feeling and to share how you're feeling yeah. so that I can get the information and process. And if you're someone that's constantly withholding, then it creates, you know, it creates like a weird energy and a weird dynamic. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, Probably the other thing to think about is when you do share and when you are open, how does that person receive that, right? Like, are they judgmental? It's like you're reading my mind. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Like, are they judgmental? What is the feedback that you get from them and does it continue to create that open space? Or does it put that other person in a space where it's like, I actually can't receive any of this information. I have so much judgment about what you're saying that now I feel not safe and secure in this conversation and then therefore this relationship right yeah for sure I mean in friendships in in romantic relationships the 
burden of feeling like you're being judged, mm -hmm. um, it really does tremendously impact, you know, how people are going to respond to certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, unless it's, I mean, obviously, like, sometimes, let me just say this. Let me backtrack. Judgment sometimes obviously gets a very dirty kind of a feeling or it gives mm -hmm. us a dirty feeling. Um, but sometimes judgment can be more positive, right? Like sometimes yeah. the judgment piece of it is more so holding someone else accountable and mm -hmm. maybe in doing so they feel judged. Yeah. Um, and obviously like that can go either way, but it's a lot to grapple with, right? Like that's a lot to deal with, a lot to process. Um, I'm kind of like thinking about all of these like things that perhaps like detract from the stability and the security. But That's even when I, one of them. when I think about judgment, we all judge all of us in every situation have some level of judgment because well, you know, people don't feel that all the time. It doesn't matter what people feel because objectivity doesn't exist. So we all have some sort of judgment in a situation. It's more about how do you express that judgment? Like, where do you find the space in the conversation to give your judgment? And it may not be appropriate to share it in all instances when Certainly. you have to be able to be emotionally intelligent enough mm -hmm. to understand when it's appropriate for you to share that with right. your friend. Right. Who may need a shoulder to cry on at that point or yeah. may just need a listening ear. Right. They may just need some sort of sounding board at that point. And mm -hmm. that's how you continue to make sure it feels like a safe space for them yeah you really gotta know your audience i mean mm -hmm. obviously also vulnerability is huge um you have to be able to know like is this something that the person can take and receive mm -hmm. am i giving it to them in a way that they can respond um and vice versa you know vulnerability is I don't know. Is it my superpower? Is it the thing that I'm most obsessed with? Is it the thing I love dearly? All of yeah. those things. But yeah. there's definitely that, obviously, that implied action of the process of vulnerability and how mm -hmm. people feel about it and how people receive it. Yeah, that is definitely your favorite word, vulnerability. It might actually be your superpower because I do think you have an uncanny ability to bring it out in people even strangers which we talk about all the time um you find strangers on the street and <laughs> somehow they're telling you about how they grew up and i always find it amazing and weird all at the same time yeah but it is your superpower you make people feel comfortable enough to share the deep parts of who they are which i think is really cool yeah i mean you know it's when i think about like um how i relate to vulnerability i just don't even know how i became so comfortable with it like mm -hmm. i kind of know but i don't know um i kind of know in the sense that like mommy was always a person that was very insistent on us having like open honest conversations mm -hmm. which i think they're like some of the initial starting points when you think about like relationships that are going to be deeply rooted in intimacy and vulnerability mm -hmm. you need to be able to have open honest um communication and as it relates to strangers and just people i mean you know me like i'm just like sincerely interested like if i'm talking to a person i'm going to be open to wherever the conversation is going to go. Yeah. And if it means that the person is going to open up 
a little bit and maybe they're going to say something, you know, off the wall. Someone else is going to be like, oh my God, how did this conversation get here? And I'm going to be intrigued at how did it get here? I think it's so interesting because, you know, we were having that conversation earlier around just the level of interest (laughs) in particular conversations. And I, you know, that's something that I'm continuing to work on. But the truth is, as much as I love conversation and I love exploring something new with someone, there are some people and some conversations where I'm just not interested because perhaps I don't find you interesting. Um, Guys, I'm still working on this. (laughs) (laughs) Caveat. (laughs) Disclaimer. Because sometimes people are just not that interesting and because I'm so focused on like, how is this helping my time? Like, I could be doing other things. Right. I... uh, hurry through the conversation and I don't get to the place of vulnerability mm-hmm. or the other person we don't get to the place where they are sharing anything new and sometimes with our mutual friends there are things that you know and I just had a conversation with them yesterday and did not get any of this information <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's so interesting how different we how differently we have conversations right yeah. It's crazy. When you say that just when you said that just now it reminded me of um the the bigger conversation, right? The stability piece, the security piece, right? So like play this out. You're in a relationship, whether it's a friendship, it's a romantic relationship, you're losing interest mm-hmm. in your friend or your partner. Yeah. So this is obviously going to destabilize or going to cause some ebbs and flows. Yeah. How do you navigate back to that? Not, well, you, meaning you, Tanya, but yes. you just speak on behalf of how you think, I don't know, someone might like do it. uninterested people everywhere? <laughs> yeah, them. Well, I think us, the yeah. uninterested people. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're looking for is constant stimuli. I know for me... I have to intentionally put my phone down, intentionally turn the television off when I'm having a conversation with my boyfriend because it's so easy to pick your phone up, you start scrolling, and now you've missed five minutes of a conversation and you're like, yeah, you're so right, Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And I know, you know, just candidly, we have conversations all the time that are like hours long. Right, yeah, of course. And... I absolutely put my phone down and I move on. <laughs> and I come back and I'm like, yeah, he, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like you never left. It's like I never left. Right. Kind of so I do need to get better at that and being really intentional with uh, listening. Because it does make people feel more connected to you. It does grow your relationship and it helps to stabilize that relationship because there is a mutual interest and people feel like you've actually paid attention to their thoughts. Yeah. I love how you just like mentioned the word um, intention, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you are in a relationship, there is such an intention of working at it. Yes. Growing your relationship. Yes. So if you're in a relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a familial relationship, yeah. it is so important to be intentional mm-hmm. about 
growing and nurturing the relationship yeah. it's like not just gonna happen like i mean some of it will yeah sure right yeah. chemistry but then outside of that you really have to have intentional effort yeah for sure like it's the intentional piece that is so important like you know in my relationship we make sure that we're having a deeper conversation. Like yes. We've used the conversation cards and we've taken time to like turn everything off and just kind of be focused on each other. Mm-hmm. And like that intentional time helps us feel like we're on the same page. Yeah. You know? I love the conversation cards. Love. Right? And that was a good recommendation from you. So yeah. they're, they're really cool. I find myself like on Amazon, like literally looking for other conversation mm-hmm. cards like i just keep an eye out for them yeah there's so there's one from a company called like halsty i mean i love like what the cards look like mm-hmm. visually they're they're nice um but you know like they take the conversation in a different direction than where it's gonna go and mm-hmm. and, so, and you need that like when you have a long-standing relationship with someone you literally are i don't know like sometimes you're gonna need to search for new things search mm-hmm. in new places um, and so it's good to also seek out that sort of stuff, right? Like, we have to continue growing as people in order for a relationship to continue progressing. And like you and I say all the time, like, there's so many, like, micro changes that a person makes. Mm-hmm. And it's important to stay attuned to those micro changes yes. in order to keep up with the relationship and keep up with the person. Yeah, I mean, relationships are fluid and your relationship will continue to change from one moment to the next, one week to the next, one month to the next. Yeah. And then, of course, as people, we continue to change. You know, when you talk about those micro changes, those things are also happening within your relationship that you kind of just have to pay attention to. Right. And I think the danger of... um, the feeling so stable and secure in your relationship is that you may not feel the need to work at it because everything's working it's just kind of ticking over and you figure it's always going to be there and you don't take the time to nurture it and build it and grow it so yeah and it's important to go back to that yeah so i'm kind of curious you were mentioning to me earlier that you know you came across some specific resources where people Mm -hmm. were talking about what are the things what are the ingredients that are necessary for or show stable relationships Mm -hmm. like what did you find so some of the things that they talked about was that healthy stable relationships are created right you're not born with the skills to make a healthy relationship you really have to do it through trial and error. Yeah. It's about trying some things and kind of seeing if they work. And if it doesn't work, then you kind of throw that one out. Right. And you pick the next thing that you're going to try to make sure that it's stable. And I think we all kind of do that as we date. Right. You know, especially dating in New York. It's yes. just so many hills and valleys to hills go through. Hills and valleys. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yes. So um, it kind of teaches you what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, right or wrong or something in between. Or something in between because, of course, everything has a spectrum. Of course. Um, and then it talks about like the stability of relationships really being measured by one, balance. The balance between the relationship as well as the individual. Yes. Um, making sure that it's not all-consuming. Right. A lot of the conversation online was around how people get into relationships and they feel so stable and secure and so happy but that partner is their all 
they yeah. are the center of the universe right and that actually grows into codependency right as opposed to just that strong relationship so I thought that was really interesting because you know, love does crazy things to you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, definitely. It, it definitely makes you think that there's nothing else beyond that love, and right. it's important to still maintain your world. Yeah. Um, it talked about balanced relationships and stable relationships having high levels of mutual love, mm-hmm. trust, and respect, mm-hmm. and that both partners are having their emotional needs met. So those were the three components that it talked about. Critical. So I thought that was really cool to get kind of a snapshot. But of course, everyone's version of stability is different. Right. But these are some of just the general things that you can look for when you think about a stable relationship. Right. I had two thoughts just now Mm -hmm. that sprang into my mind when you said this. One was the idea of... um, security and stability Mm -hmm. and i realized that we haven't really spoken about marriage which was interesting because Mm -hmm. like marriage is one of those like i don't know catch all things that people think like once you get married like this is it i'm secure Mm -hmm. i'm stable um the idea of two becoming one no we're fucking not Mm -hmm. we're not two becoming one we're becoming a partnership but the idea of like the codependency um i think that that is sold a lot as a like a marriage ideal which i think at, at one end of the spectrum it's a beautiful concept but the idea that like these two individuals are gonna become like this one person it was like this weird analogy to me of like you, you know you're half of you and i'm half of me and like we're gonna come together it's strange like we yes. should like stop saying that for sure i actually think the reason that we haven't talked about marriage in this conversation when we talk about stability and security is because we are in our 30s and we've had the experience of our friends getting married in their early 20s and by the time you hit 30 it's divorce 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 i'm done get out of here it's over so we understand that marriage does not equal stability Mm -hmm. right like again it's uh, not a catch-all it doesn't it's barely a thing anymore still happening in many countries and many places sis yeah they're all gonna get divorced at some point or at least 50 percent of them if we follow the stats first of all you're far more of a I love love person to be saying this right now. I just hear love does not equal marriage. Though. I love does not equal marriage. So I can be in love with love and love love all day. You sure do. Huh? But love doesn't equal marriage. It marriage does doesn't equal love. It certainly so. doesn't. Okay, thank okay. you. We got that cleared up. We got, got that cleared, cleared up. <laughs> not that I don't want a white dress and a wedding. It has you to know be white what I'm though. I would love a white dress. Really. Listen, we cannot get into this wedding conversation. Okay, great. Anywho. Pin that for next time. <laughs> Pin. So, I would love that, but marriage doesn't equal love. Love doesn't equal marriage. And that's why it didn't fit into this conversation, because we're talking about stability and security, which, in 50% of cases, don't exist in marriages. Just saying. Sad, sad statistics. So, I was having this other conversation, right? Like, yesterday, in fact, with Xavier's friend, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and love her like such a great mind and we're like very similar in that you know 
she loves a great deep conversation, super explorative. And towards the end of our conversation, she's asked me the most provocative question. Mm-hmm. She said, and I don't remember if she was talking about like someone asking this of her, or she coming across it, the idea of a person who knows love from being in a loving home mm-hmm. or a person who knows and understands love from a place of survival. Mm. And I was like, huh, I have never thought about this. And the ways that people love, if they're coming from a more loving and a healthier angle, mm-hmm. versus if your reflection of love came from a place of survival. And hmm. how the love languages are different. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is incredibly interesting. That is interesting. So now I'm reflecting because... So, like, my family, we're not, like, a family of, like, I'm going to hug everybody every single day and I love you every day, right? right? Like, that's not what our family is about. But we love each other in that we love spending time together. We love taking trips together. Mm-hmm. We love being in each other's presence. Absolutely. And when I connect that with my own love language, that is the only way that I understand love. If we're not spending time together... You don't love me. I don't love you. We have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely. Right. I can see that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you know, that is definitely a conversation for another time, right? Yeah, like for sure. Growing up in certain families, growing up in a smaller island. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that we can yeah. cover there. I'm sure I we know. have many thoughts. Uh, we have many many thoughts or just a few or just a few because you know it's two girls and a few thoughts yes yeah i mean so again like this was good this was good i feel like i went on a journey i got, was inspired i felt rich i know provocative but now i feel like we need a whole nother conversation i guess we could do it next week we sure can thank you all for listening join us next time